the church, we found two couples, Bahalengana and Bahakoya, who became the two couples that we were accountable to with our life. To an extent that after we got married in 1988, the first holiday we had, we traveled with them to go on holiday. And we've kept ourselves accountable to them. Now, they joined our church in uh, 1984, when we had Church of the Holy Ghost, when they only had their firstborn, and their secondborn wasn't born as yet. And I remember when they first came, and they really bought into the vision of the church. And you know, in the church here, one of the criteria that are used for me is for us to look for people who are faithful and loyal. And they really embrace the vision of the church. I've showed faithfulness in many, many ways. They've served, I think, Deep Proof uh, Extension was the place that was one of the hottest places with people getting saved, home sales going. That's where Mama Makudu is. You can see this old lady, Mama Kudu, Mewaruna, who is such a good lady. She's here every service. Sometimes she's here 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock service. This is the Spirit Sakwo Deep Proof Extension, what you see here. Yeah. And we have many pastors, the Muruti, Taba Makudu, the son, he's one of our pastors and all of that. So this couple, Basalana, they work not only there, but they also embraced what I've loved, the prayer thing that even now, the Saturday prayer that I used to lead years ago, as a leader, you delegate certain things as you go along, and they're leading that prayer. And uh, uh, Bishop Moresi is also one of our bishops. She is running Kirijin Mang, yeah, Region 3, Region 6. So this couple, they've got several churches that they are leading and so on. And I'm so excited, Barcelona, because in our church, I always tell the women that there's space here in this church for you to serve God as long as you fulfill the requirements. As long as you fulfill the requirements. So I just want to say, uh, 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 Bishop Muresi and Murtifani, really appreciate you. My wife and I, we really appreciate you. We really love you. You've, you've shown so much loyalty in our church and commitment in our church. There'll be the people, by Lord, if we do anything, you can count on them being there. You don't have to ask. They'll be there, you know. And they have led at so many levels in our church. And for them to be in our church now for 39 years, it's an incredible thing. So let's stand on our feet, but as we come, Bishop Muresi Koya to come and share the word, please. Come on, Bazalana, let's welcome Bishop Murose. Hey! Oh, Bazalana, that's not a good welcome. Okay, bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just before you sit down, just say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And just say, I am ready for the word. Look at your neighbor, neighbor. Are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Just before I start, let me just commit the, the word to our Father. Can we just pray? Eternal God and Father, we are so grateful for what you are doing in our midst. Thank you for what you have done. And thank you for what you continue to do. Indeed, you are doing a new thing amongst us. We're so grateful that when we started, oh God, 
you continue to increase the anointing in the house. What a faithful God you are. What a good God you are. And what a loving God you are. And Father God, even as today, as I share the word, put words into my mouth. Let me, let me be the oracles of God. And we just want to thank you that your children are ready. Ready to receive. And not to receive, but to be impacted by the word of God. And Father, we just want to bless you. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. If you believe that prayer, say hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, I just want to acknowledge and to celebrate my father. It's amazing that when it comes to spiritual things, age does not count. Hallelujah. (laughs) It depends on the responsibility, on the function, and on the role that my presiding bishop is playing in my life. You know, as I was preparing and thinking of my journey in this church, I thought, indeed, I have been in a Bible training college. Because when we came here, we came as people that didn't know anything. Bishop, that time, your congregation was was like a congregation of David when he was in the Cape of Adullam. But the good thing is the scripture thing says he trained those guys until they became mighty men of God. Hallelujah. So this is my story. I don't know how to thank you for the opportunity to serve. And I've since understood my role and since understood my call is to come and serve Go Grace Bible Church. And this is this one thing I do. I speak like Paul when we say this one thing. The one thing that God has created me before the foundation of the world was to come and serve as Grace Bible Church. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate that. And above all, we thank you for all the, uh, the, the teaching. We thank you for all the way that has come through. And I'm reminded by... Um, uh, the queen of Bathsheba when he, went to, when, when he went to Solomon and then he said something which was very very profound I think it's First Samuel chapter 10 verse 8 he says you know what the people that are listening to you they are very very blessed and we are blessed because of who you are amen hallelujah thank you so much hallelujah amen Once again, we continue with the theme of um, the conference. And what is our scripture? Isaiah 43, verse 19. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, verse 19, is God a restoratory um, message? And above all, it has a very exciting flavor that we all have to be excited when we read the scripture. If someone is saying to you, I am doing something for you, I'm sure you'll get excited. Hallelujah. And this is what God is saying to us at this time, that he is doing something new in our midst. 
My title could will continue. I'll just take along and hook on all the speakers that went before me. And I just also want to acknowledge each and everyone here. Thank you so much, all the pastors and all the men of the cloth in the fourfold ministry. I just want to welcome you and everyone else, and everyone else who are here this morning. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Now, let me read the scripture, then I'll continue. But like I said, my title is Behold, I am doing a new thing. Hallelujah. So the scripture says, I start from verse 18 to 19. Do not remember the former things, and I'm reading the New King James Version. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. May God bless the reading of the word. Hallelujah. Now the background of the scripture. The text is written by Isaiah to the chosen people, children of Israel. Isaiah begins speaking of what some call the new exodus. Remember there was an exodus when they went out of Egypt, hallelujah, and they were going to Canaan land. Now, now, these were in exile, and now they were supposed to go from Babylon and back to Jerusalem. So it was a second exile that they were supposed to embark on. They had been living in Babylon for more than a generation. Most of them had never even seen Jerusalem. Imagine that. Because they, they, they were in captivity for 70 years. So there are people that died there, there are people that were born there, but as they were going in this exodus, they, they, so there were people that had never ever actually seen Jerusalem. So the prophet, the voice of the prophet is passionate and excited about what the Lord will deliver them once they set out. Even the journey itself, the prophet told them it will be easy. The Lord will make the path and provide the water. Hallelujah. Even in the desert, hallelujah. It's amazing, Mazaran. When the, the first exodus, they ran out of water. But with the second exodus, there will be plenty of water. Hallelujah. What a journey is this going to be? That is why I was saying to you, as I'm reading the scripture, I'm so excited about what God is saying to the church at this, in this season. Hallelujah. God is saying the way ahead is going to be better than the way before. Can I have an amen, somebody? Amen. And then let me continue with my background. And once they are back in what, they, what was still their promised land, they will receive an achieve more than they could ever imagine. Hallelujah. But now there's a very interesting verse that the spirit of God put it there so that me and you, we can be able to interpret what God was saying about the scripture. And that is verse 18. Verse 18, it says, don't remember the former things and don't consider the things of old. A lot of um, People that came before me, I think they have spoken much about them. But I just want to say a few things about what God was saying to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Now, having just alluded so vividly to Exodus in, in Isaiah 43, verse 6, 20, 17, God told them about the first Exodus. Hallelujah. And then, and soon after that, he changed gears. Amen. And then he said, it seems all that the Lord was now saying, don't remember the former things. It seems contradictory to recount former things in one breath and then in the next breath to ask people not to remember them. 
This is very serious what God was saying, hallelujah. So usually when we come together like this, whether it's an anniversary, we come and, and embark and talk about the thing that has happened. Hallelujah. Isn't that we talk about? Isn't that what we deliberate on? Isn't that we actually, you know, go back and go back memory lane and just be excited at what has happened? But let me tell you, God is doing a new thing. God is is about to change the way we do things. He says, even if you have been through the good days, even if you have been through the bad days, but me as God, what I want you to do, I don't want you to camp on the good things that has happened. I don't want you to continue to be talking about them because when you start doing that, I am not going to be there. But Lord, you want God to be there with you all the time because when you continue to be there, because God says, I don't want you to do it, you have to listen and hearken to the word of the Lord. Can I have an amen, somebody? Amen. amen. So, you, amen. So, here is it's a fresh word from the Lord this morning. When God says, I am doing a new thing, he was actually, he was actually, dis- he was actually um, bringing discomfort huh? to the way they thought and to the way they did things. But I mean, what's wrong with celebrating? Nothing wrong. But in this context, because God knew where he was going, God knew what he was, what he was going to do, he told them, please forget about the former things. Hallelujah. So the prophet is calling the people to put their past behind and to focus their attention on the present, on the future. Hallelujah. We are made in such a way that we can only move forward. Hallelujah. If you are moving backward, there is something wrong with you. You need a doctor. Hallelujah. Even our feet, the Bible talks about our steps. Hallelujah. We take a step at a time. You don't take a step back. Hallelujah. And that is why God is saying, this is how I have made you. I want you to be forward thinking. I want you in whatever you do, Look at the future, hallelujah. Concentrate on the future, but intentionally spend more time about the future because I'm in the future. I know where I'm taking you. It is more important than where you came from. Where you came from is already done. It's a done deal, but I'm doing a new thing in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. So, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on towards the goal for the price of a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the Lord seems to have several concerns about these people. And that's why he said that the first concern was that these exiles might make the mistake of remembering the marvelous marvelous exodus and forget that the Lord still does marvelous things. Very important. He wanted to them to have a consciousness that God does not stop working. Amen. Amen. And secondly, he was concerned that they might assume that the Lord's solution for today's problem will look like the Lord's solution for yesterday's problem. That the Lord will or must always follow the same model to save his people. Hallelujah. And I think these are legitimate concerns. Because God, God understands who we are and how we think and how we do things. 
Amen? Amen. And that is why I, 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 you know, I am telling you now, please, 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 I am going somewhere with you. And hence he came with um, 43, 19 to say, I am saying what I'm saying because, behold, hallelujah, I will do a new thing. Amen. So, and then the, the scripture continues to say, it springs forth now, don't you know it? This is the Lord's way of saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, huh? Open your eyes, something great is happening, hallelujah. And this is what I'm saying to you this morning, wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Again, wake up. Something good is working, it's happening, amen. It will spring forth. This is what God is saying. And this is, brother, this is, this is the message of the hour. That in these last days, hallelujah, that something marvelous is happening, hallelujah. This is the message of the hour, that God wants to impact your life in such a way that, that you're going to make the people to envy you in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And this is the time. And then he says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, hallelujah. So this exile will not require a dry route through the waters of the Red Sea, but will instead require rivers of water to sustain them in the journey through a dry desert. The truth still stands for us today that God is doing a new thing in our lives, creating a way in the wilderness of this world and springing forth a new thing if we can only recognize it. Amen. Now, especially today, finding hope and encouragement for the future can come in short supply in a world that continues to be riddled by corruption, disaster, and division. And I must say, and also we all have actually have to repent before God because we, we talk more about the problems more than what God can do. And there is no difference between the unbelievers and the people of God. And as a result, we cannot bring the solution that God expects us to solve because like, you know, we are so mental with them, you don't know the difference. But this is about time that we realize that we're going to stand and take our position as a church. That we know that God is doing a new thing. They might not understand because they don't read the word. But we know because we know that the word of God, it is what God is helping us and using it for us to be able to chart the way forward. Hallelujah. So God is saying, the new thing I'm doing is bringing blessings and a new path ahead for his people. Where the world said there is no way and I am saying there will be a way. Hallelujah. Now, I want to quickly talk about how do you embrace the new thing that God wants to do in your life. And the scripture reading is Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Are we ready? Then he said, then I need your concentration with the scripture. Amen. It said, Then I raised my eyes and looked. And behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, Where are you going? 
And he said to me to measure Jerusalem to see what is worth and what is length. And there was an angel who talked with me. Going out, another angel was coming in to meet him. Who said to him, run! Speak to this young man. Say, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. For I say, says the Lord, I will be a wall of fire around you and I will be the glory in the midst of you. This is what the God, God is saying to us this morning, brothers and sisters. I'm just going to go through the verses and just, you know, explain a few things and get some principles coming out of the scripture. And this is the scripture for the day. Hallelujah. So number one, when you read verse 1a, it says, I raise my eyes. And this is what Zechariah is saying. He says, I raise my eyes. I'm not going to be doing the background of Zechariah, but let me just continue. Then, so when we read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 to 9, we all know the scripture. Our sufficiency to live a Christian life is found in Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So what he did, he raised his eyes. Hallelujah. We are the church that should actually always be raising our eyes to God. Hallelujah. Because he is our source. Jesus is the head of the church. Hallelujah. And anything that we do, we don't take a step until the head of the church knows what we're doing about the church. Hallelujah. So it starts already. There's a principle there. Even before we continue with what happened after. That as the church of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the head, we don't take a step unless Jesus Christ is aware of what's happening in the church and in your life. Amen. Amen. So, Isaiah 45 verse 23, it says, Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God. There is none else. Hallelujah. There is no other God. He is the only true God. Amen. Now, let's talk a little bit about the measuring stick. Now, the scripture, there is this man who has a measuring stick. And a measuring stick is used to measure. Amen. <laughs> a measuring stick says measuring stick. <laughs> but now, it's interesting what he's going to measure. Amen. Going back to um, the background and the history, the people that were in Jerusalem at the time, they were the minority. It was not the final exodus that happened in the time of Nehemiah. So now they're in Jerusalem, there are no walls, and for them to measure, before you measure, you have to ask yourself, what am I measuring? So, are they, are they going to measure the wall according to the number of inhabitants there? Are they going to measure the wall according to the people that they think they are coming? Are they going to measure the, the walls according to maybe they say, let's just have some contingency <laughs> for in case there are more people coming? But the, but the problem is they are measuring what is the function of God. Measuring is a limitation. 
Amen? Limits are boundaries surrounding a specific area. Zacharias is a man, I've said it. So we have our own measuring lines that we are living by. As long as they work out, we want them. As long as they make us to be happy, we are happy. So God is saying unto me and you, stop limiting me. Stop limiting me. And you see as the scripture goes, why God said we should stop limiting him. When Jesus came to his hometown, he, he did not do any greater works because people measured him. Huh? They measured him about his background. And because of his background, they looked at him as a son of Joseph. And because of that, they couldn't receive from him. Already there, the measurement, it limited them because they could not receive the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Hallelujah. So, God gives abundantly. If we are going to excel for Christ, if this church is going to do everything that God wants it to do, if we are going to find ourselves and succeed, if we, if we are going to do better than the world around us, we have to let go of our measuring sticks. Amen. 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 I don't know what is it that we have measured. Because each and every one of us, we have to have a self-introspection. Thank you. I see you went to school. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Even in our churches. Some of the things, because you see, before you can respond, you must just have a revelation. You don't, you don't just respond because you have the word, no. You have to have a revelation, and then you will do. It is only the Rema word that changes things. Logos is the mind, is the heart of God. But revelation... Rema huh, is for you that you truly understand what the word of God is saying this morning. Hallelujah. So if we're going to be better, so when God has measured the sticks or lines, we are limiting God and what we, what we will allow him to do for us through us. Now, the Bible tells us, remember, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know you know, some of the scriptures, when you read them quickly, you miss out. He says, for a what? Say that again. Again. I want you to say three times. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I know. Amen. What does, this is God talking about you. Amen. He says, I know. Huh? What does he know? The thoughts that I think towards you, huh? says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. Imagine the thoughts of the future and a hope is the mind of God and you come with a measuring line. 
Amen. The Lord is saying, take the limits off. Release me to accomplish what I promise you. Release me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So God is saying, take the limits of your marriage. Take the limits of your children. Take the limits of your career. Take the limits of your finances. Take the limits of your education. Take the limits of your relationship. Take the limits of your church. Take the limits of your pastor. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. Why? Because I'm doing a new thing. We're going to look at this new thing that God is, the same scripture that God is doing. Amen? Amen. Are you blessed? Amen. Are you convicted? <laughs> I am. I am. But there's one thing about the word of God. The word of God comes to help us. And whenever we meet, you know, like this, there will always be a fresh word. Fresh manner. Okay, now when we continue reading um, the same scripture, verse, um, verse one, it's also verse one, it says, um, and the angel who talked with me going out, another angel was coming out to meet him. Now let me explain. There were, okay, Zechariah was seeing a vision and there was this measuring man and he was standing with an angel. That's the scenario. Now, as the angel is talking to him about the vision, another angel comes. And this angel, which is, there's something, there's, there's some um, principle that we can get out of here because the second angel, when he comes, he doesn't speak to Zechariah or to the man. He speaks to the other angel. You know why? Because in the spiritual realm, there are officers and assignments. The first angel was the angel that we call interpreting angel. The other angel could not interpret to Zechariah, the other message that came. So which means even us, is talk about it in, in, in church. Each and every one of us, we have to remain in the role and the call that God has put us. If you understood that there wouldn't be any competition, if you understood that, you'll have so much peace. You know, the peace of God comes when you are where God has put you. Yeah. Hallelujah. And you don't want to go and look for peace anywhere else. All you need to do is come, serve, and do what you know God has said to told you to do. So, I, and what happened now, when the other angel came, eh, already there was a word that had gone through to Zechariah. So now there was a, 
another word which I think it came as a result of prayer, Bishop. Because he came running huh, with a different message, with a fresh message. And this is what he said. Amen? He says, run. He says, run. Apostle Jabba was talking about running yesterday. He says, run. Amen? Running, it talks about speed. So in this era, <laughs> from here, the next 40 years, God is going to restore everything and it's going to happen so quick. Bishop, you said it yesterday, that a thousand churches is going to happen very, very quick. And this is what God is saying. When he said run, he says run because we serve a God of speech. I quite like this verse, Bishop. I want you to listen to this verse. Romans chapter 9 verse 28, it says, He will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. Because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. Are you seeing the scripture? Romans chapter 9, verse 28. Can we have it, please? I want everybody to see that. Romans chapter 9, verse 28. For he will finish what? The work and cut it short. In righteousness. Because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. Acceleration. Speed. Speed. Speed in the name of Jesus. Amen. So from this scripture, it is clear that we serve a God of speed. In 1 John 1, 5, qualifying the kind of speed at, God which, at which God works, it says God is light. So the speed of light is the speed of God. So when you talk about God's execution of his purposes, it never takes time. God's intervention is suddenly and it is, it is supernatural. Amen. Amen. Now, we continue with the verse. It says, we go to verse 4. Verse 4, it says, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem will be inhabited. That time, remember, like I explained, it was just a few people. This talks about church growth. There is no reason, of, reason not to have big churches in the name of Jesus. The Bible, tell, the Bible says, it says Jerusalem will be inhabited. Even with you in your life, in your life, you will have so much abundance that you're going to make your enemy actually not to like you. Because you'll have room enough to be able to accommodate what God is doing in, in, in this age. Remember, when God, when, when God blesses the church, he first blesses you so that you can come and be part of the church and the church is blessed. Hallelujah. There will be more people coming in Jesus' mighty name. 
There will be thousands and multitudes of people giving their, giving, their, giving, their, giving their love to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In this time, if we see a few people coming here, after this message, we must have a disturbance in our, in, in our system. We must realize, God, this is not what you said. If it's not what we said, there is something that we have to do about it. You don't just sit back. You have to say, no, 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 no. We had, we had today, Thursday, the what, what is the date? The fifth. Oh, Thursday, the fifth that Jerusalem will be inhabited with multitudes. Amen. I'm excited. Bishop, you're going to say something which is, which is a little bit disturbing. Hey, they will the room. Korea waiting. Um, yeah, I'll say it. Um, our generation, let me talk about me and my husband, whom I love so much. You know, maybe you don't know about sorry. These are some of the things that the day I stand before God, I can present them before the Father. But well, this is how I treated someone that you brought to me. He didn't just come. No, he didn't just come. So it's, it's, it's a pursuit in my heart that I want to please God. Does it mean things are right? No. But God first. Amen. What was I talking about? I can open up. How work us? How work us? You forget. <laughs> you shouldn't do that with what you're preaching. There's an emotional effect that happens without even you realizing it. <laughs> Bishop, they keep working. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I said our generation. Oh, 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 oh. Our generation, meaning my generation with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Bishop. My generation, I'm talking about my husband and, and me. Amen? This is the only 40 years that we're going to see. That's why everything has to be done with speed. And also, it speaks to the young people to realize there is not enough time. This is the kingdom of God. And also, it means we have to so look after Bishop and protect him to ensure that the transition 
from the older generation to the new generation, it happens swiftly. Amen. But what we're talking about is reality. And it's serious. Very serious. We're moving ahead. We're forging ahead. We lay our lives. Hallelujah. But at the same time, we're looking forward. And we're thinking of the generation that is coming after us. And we do it with speech in Jesus' name. I'm left with two minutes. No problem, Bishop. No problem. Um, got two points, and then from there, ha, hallelujah. I'm going to celebrate. What Hey, the voice couldn't come out here. Hey. Anyway, quickly, quickly, let me just close. Um, we finish the scripture. From the scripture, it is clear that we serve God of spirit that I've done. Hallelujah. And then the next thing that we need to do, God is saying unto us, Amen. He is going to build a city without walls. You know why? First of all, it was not necessary to measure the wall. Because God knew that he, he, he is going to be the wall. You can't measure God, hallelujah. And he says, because you are going to, I'm going to build a city without walls, I am going to be your protection, hallelujah. And the protection of God is wherever you go. It's not, it's not just around a dedicated space, hallelujah. The Bible tells us the Lord is our rare God, amen. So God was saying, in this time and era, I'm going to be your rare God. I'm going to, I'm going to create cities without walls. And this reminded me of, of homemakers. Go homemakers we never had to worry about overflow because it was a church without walls and you could expand whichever way it goes and that was an advantage that was an advantage hallelujah so the time is coming Barcelona, where we are going to have churches churches that are so big that to have walls like that will not be necessary because God has said in his word I am building a city a city without walls but not just a city without walls he says I will be a wall of fire around them hallelujah a wall of fire talks about the Holy Spirit the Bible tells us in the last day I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and this is the day and the era and we thank God that we have seen it with our us we are living there and God is a good God thank you so much God bless you come on let's give the Lord a big kind of praise